0: dare call it ordinary's third bonus episode thank you so very much to all of our patrons out there this one is a doozy <laughs> this is a part of our clown colleges series unofficially mm. uh you're all you're the only ones getting this sweet sweet third episode of that series because this one is personal <laughs> this one is a clown college College of the Ozarks that Brent himself went to that's right and so this bonus episode is all about Brent and his travels to the College of the Ozarks
1: okay so now for the darkest of the CFO stories Um, wait 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 wait, wait,
2: darker than being locked out by the staff and then getting (laughs) raped and beaten up like worse than that
1: a Good point. That's pretty dark. Um, Barely, barely darker. Okay. Okay. So this story, I have to give a shout out to my friend Cole, who also attended CFO at the same time that I was there. He hooked me up with a couple of these articles that I'm using for this next story. And in fact, he's actually, he was actually making a, like a documentary. About this, which hopefully maybe someday we can revisit this story and talk to him more about that. But it's really cool. So anyway, part one, according to a November 2nd, 1973 article from the Kansas City Times titled Mystery Surrounds Deaths of Youths and Ozarks by Mark Schlinkman. Quote, the deaths of two young men whose bodies surfaced Monday on a small lake at the school of the Ozarks here have aroused suspicions that the deaths were not accidental and that the, co- the county's probe has been insufficient. A spokesman for Taney County Sheriff's Office said that they found no evidence of a homicide and that it appeared to be an accidental drowning. However, there is speculation about the validity of this. A private investigator by the name of James S. Winfrey was hired by the deceased family, and he had a different take on this tragedy.
2: I'm glad they found someone that could have a different take because these people sound like the same people that are, you know, saying that Epstein killed himself, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Same nonsense. A likely story.
1: All right. So the deceased were Dan Miller Deeds, 20 years old from Branson, Missouri, and Michael Frissinger, 18 years old of Hollister, Missouri. So unlike Frissinger, Deeds attended the School of the Ozarks for three semesters between June 1971 to August 1972. Family members do not believe these deaths were accidental drownings. They pointed out that both of the boys were high school athletes and great swimmers as well. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So according to this article, the two boys disappeared three weeks prior to the discovery of their bodies. According to a November 20th, 1973 article in the Springfield Newsletter, quote, the bodies of the two men bloated and badly decomposed floated to the surface. And a Kansas City Times article states, quote, the bodies of the two youths surfaced in the one and a half acre lake at 10.58 a.m. Monday after an electrician turned off a high powered engine, which operates a large fountain at the center of the lake. College officials said the engine produced an undertow, which could have kept the bodies at the bottom of the lake indefinitely. Oh, my
0: God. God damn. Talk about a time capsule. Exactly.
1: (laughs) The last time the two boys were seen was at a barn warming dance at a new campus pavilion a half block from the lake. So a school of the Ozark student reported seeing the boys just before midnight when the dance ended. So two girls who were in the dormitory near the lake reported hearing men yelling for help between 2 and 2.30 a.m. early Tuesday morning. But they thought it was just pranksters, so they ignored the cries for help. (laughs) This is fucking fucking hard work, you guys. This is not fucking lazy work. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) Call the fucking police.
0: I mean, at the very least, because of the extreme, like, fear of being caught after curfew, I would imagine that's not a prank-worthy
1: endeavor. That's true. That's true. (laughs) According to the Kansas City Times article, Deed's 1973 foreign sports car was found Tuesday morning parked in a campus lot with keys in the ignition. The sheriff said that it appeared to have been there since the night of the dance. Well, obviously, I mean, with the school's fascist parking lot rules, we're, <laughs> you know, we're assured that the car is accounted for minute by minute. Oh, so yeah. We're
0: that dean's got them keys on that big
1: old ring. Deeds and Frissinger were working as cave tour guides at Silver Dollar City. The Kansas City Times reports, quote, Clarkson, a local funeral director, said the bodies were too badly decomposed to attempt a complete autopsy. False flag. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. He said x-rays taken by a pathologist. Also, the bodies, they were
0: filled with legal papers about the Whitewater scandal. Very bizarre.
1: See? Oh, my God. Makes sense. Uh, well we're made we found out we're made of paper, right? It, wasn't that in um Oh that's the, true we are made of the paper the Bohemian Grove. Man, yeah. this is all coming together. So,
2: it's all coming.
1: Alex Jones and, and clown
2: colleges, it's all coming together, download process, <laughs> everything. It's all part of one big thing. Big web. Exactly. Web of secrets. Yep. Exposed.
1: So he said X-rays taken by pathologists in Springfield indicated no evidence of broken bones or wounds caused by bullets or sharp objects. He said an attempt to analyze blood content was unsuccessful because the body fluids were badly delivered polluted with water. Oof. Ugh. Anyway, in the later article from the Springfield Newsleader, it states that Dr. Guido Pedretta, a pathologist who examined the bodies, said he could not establish accidental drowning as the cause of death. However, he also said the x-rays and examinations found no puncture wounds or fractures due to extreme trauma from knives, guns, or blunt objects. He said bruises would be undetectable at this stage of decomposition. Quote, advanced putrefaction of the tissues and virtually complete liquefaction of viscera and eyes he said prevented extraction of blood or urine samples. The Taney County prosecutor said that there was no criminal activity indicated by the coroner's findings. He said that the accidental drowning lead is supported by the fact that the two boys still had their wallets and were fully clothed when discovered in the lake. And according to the School of Ozarks, they were fully complying with the dress code. Mm, at the time. That's good. Okay. that's. I that's also, I uh, like
0: this. I like this. It's, it must be accidental drowning because we all know that, When a murderer uh, leaves bodies in a lake or other body of water, they always take their wallets. So true.
1: Yep. Take the wallet. Take that hard wallet. All right. So director of the Region 2 Crime Laboratory in Springfield, Don Smith, said he viewed the bodies at commercial embalming services and said he saw no signs of trauma, but did, however, notice a, quote, roach clip, according Mm. to the article, which (laughs) is used... According to the article says, quote, which is used in the smoking of marijuana cigarettes on a chain around Deed's neck. So well, they're we to all degenerates
2: anyway, so let them drown, I say.
1: That's Get right. It. Ain't that true, man? And he had it on a chain around his neck. That's serious. Yeah, <laughs> And I thought, yeah, I don't know. I guess jewelry policy wasn't implemented back then. Anyway, he was wearing a necklace for fuck's sake. All right. So this is where it gets even weirder. Dan Deed's father received a letter on October 17th, just five days after his son and his friend went missing. It was a large envelope postmarked October 16th, which included one page torn from a religious tract. Quote, a few words and phrases were underlined in red ink at the top of the page. The word deed in the title, a beautiful deed was underlined among other words underlined. A cup of cold water, a tender smile, or even a sympathetic look is helpful. Remember, it's the motive that makes a deed lovely. Mm. This is like some proto QAnon shit. Oh yeah. Or some
2: deontology type uh, Kantian stuff. It's all about goodwill only. It doesn't matter about (laughs)
1: the action. So officers believe that the words cold water may refer to Lake Tanicomo, which is a fishing lake that supplied some of the water to Lake Honor on the school of the Ozarks campus where the boys' bodies were found. But I mean, why stop there? What is the cold water source for Lake Tanicomo, though?
0: Yeah, we got to know. Going you got to keep going back.
1: Yeah. According to the Springfield News Leader, the same person sent letters to Mrs. Don Ray and prosecutor Gary Alman. Mrs. Ray's letter read, quote, leaves contain twice as much plant food as barnyard manure, pound for pound. <gasps> I'll let you guys decide what that means. Yeah. According to the article, quote, Winfrey said a law enforcement officer in Taney County, whom he refused to name, told him three strange men with shoulder length hair had been seen at the October 12th dance. (laughs) However, (laughs) police (laughs) officers already a red flag. However, police officers said Winfrey's statements were false and that no officer had such information. You know, I was going to say, how the fuck would men with shoulder length hair, basically unestablished hair, be allowed (laughs) to get into a Christian schools dance? And also, wait a minute, this is a dance? Bob Jones would be disgusted with the satanic far left school. This is very, (laughs) very gross. All right, so Claude Porter, the uncle of Michael Frissinger, said he didn't think the county's investigation would bring anything of substance to light because it would tarnish the image of school of the ozarks and affect the branson tourism industry mm. Quote, wait, I feel, they have,
2: wait they have a tourism industry what yeah what man. do they buy there
0: isn't there because like, there's like a big rodeo there like that's why it's such a big place right
1: yeah it's there's yeah there's a rodeo there's um it's just like a lot of shows there's like dixieland type stuff you know mm. there's like country music halls and anyway Okay, so quoting the uncle of Michael Fissinger, quote, I feel almost sure we're going to sit here with nothing. If I were them, I would want to keep it as quiet as possible, too. The story isn't over just yet, though. There was a follow-up article in the Kansas City Times on November 11th, 1976, titled One Letter, The Difference Between Life, Death, by Stephen E. Wynne. Now we have to introduce a few other characters here. So I'm quoting from the article, their names were Danny fought only a single letter of their middle names, distinguish one from the other. One was Leo. The other was Lee Danny Leo fought was 26. Danny Lee fought was 27 beyond the similarities of name and age. These Danny Fotts were as different as night and day. And maybe in real sense, life and death. Danny Leo fought was a former ministerial student. His circle of friends centered around his church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Danny Lee fought took a slightly different path in life. He was quote known as a top Lieutenant in a heroin ring based in Springfield, Missouri. (laughs) Wow. I mean, the differences are slight. I mean, just a little bit. Yeah. Barely. No. September 23rd, 1974, 2 AM. Somebody shot Danny Leo fought in the back of the head. He was also shot between his eyes. Police said that both were, quote, contact shots fired with the gun barrel placed directly against his skin. Police described the shooting as an execution. The homicide took place at a get and go convenience store where Danny Leofot worked as a second job to support his wife and four year old son. It's a Danny Leofot, it's getting confusing here. Who is serving a life sentence at the Missouri State Penitentiary in Jefferson City for his first-degree murder? Had an idea as to why Danny Leofot was murdered. Quote. Someone mistook the other Danny Fought for him. The question of why someone wanted Danny Lee Fought Killed is more complex, involving another murder as well as the tale of a heroin ring run with an iron hand by a man once described as a Charlie Manson type that operated in Springfield and Tulsa (laughs) several years ago. Okay, so honestly, real question here, like, is the Netflix series Ozarks based on this? (laughs) Because it's sounding pretty close. (laughs) It should be. Sounding pretty similar, yeah. All right, so David Lee Fought was found guilty of killing a man who was his friend since high school. According to the article, quote, some say he probably will be killed if he tells the true story behind the murder for which he was convicted. The man who Lee Fought killed was Herbert W. Masters Jr., who was a heroin dealer. So, okay, Lee Fought's wife received multiple strange phone calls around the time of her husband's murder. On the witness stand, Fought said that he did buy heroin from Masters driving him to Tulsa so Masters could purchase heroin to sell in Springfield, Missouri. Even behind bars, Lee Fa is terrified of the man who is really behind the killing of Masters. He received a Christmas card from the man, he said, complete with Fah's prison number. So Fah said, quote, he knows right where I'm at. Out of fear of what this man can still do to him, Fah still won't reveal the man's name. Well, however, he did identify him as the top man in a distribution network for heroin and amphetamine known as White Cross, mm. which is a nice name. It's a very Bible Belt of them. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> very white and they have a lot of crosses. So, yeah, white. Exactly. Cross. There's Perfect.
1: literally a giant white cross in Missouri, I think, on the side of the road. There you go. Fot's parents said that their son received multiple phone calls and even a few visits from strange men. We don't know if they had long hair, but they were strange men while Danny was out of jail awaiting trial. They thought the men were threatening their son so he wouldn't tell the truth at the trial. Okay, so apparently this heroin kingpin was bringing heroin from California and Mexico to Springfield, Missouri area. Frott said from there, the drugs were taken to Kansas City, Tulsa, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and a few other locations. Frott said that operation had been going on at least since 1972. He said about 10 persons together sold five or six pounds of heroin a month in addition to other drugs.
2: We need to make a movie so and call it The Missouri Connection. Yeah. Definitely get all the <laughs> yeah.
1: words, Totally. For sure. So there's somewhere between 25,000 and 50,000 were funneled to the man at the top of the Springfield operation at least once a month. Man. So sounds like our Patreon account. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Fahd also said that at least one informant of it from the heroin operation was embedded in the Greene County Sheriff's Department. So it's basically the movie Departed. Okay. (laughs) So Fahd explained that he, with a few other men, were at the home of Masters near Springfield on the day Masters was murdered. According to him, the dealer accused Masters of Fahd of selling heroin on their own instead of selling it for him. Fought later, while he was sitting inside the house, heard shooting outside. He said the only reason he wasn't murdered like Masters was because he offered to help dispose of Masters' body. So Danny Lee fought said that the two men who murdered Masters were afraid that Fought would eventually snitch on them, so they likely killed the other Danny Fought. This is all sort of adding up i guess since danny leo fought was murdered just 12 days after the body of masters was uncovered
2: but this is sounding yeah kind of a lot like twin peaks they even have doubles it is everything
1: it's yeah. crazy spooky it's super doppelganger it's like a Weird. small
2: small town nobody suspects the evil yeah and drug dealing lurking <laughs> underneath <laughs> exactly just the surface
1: For the record, though, Mickey Owen, the Greene County Sheriff, said Danny Lee Fott was the prime suspect the whole time and was most likely the one who pulled the trigger and killed Masters. He also said he believes that he acted alone. Likely story. We don't know. Okay, so who is this big heroin ringleader of the Springfield operation? Investigators identify him as Bobby Jean Rance, 38 of Republic, Missouri. He was at the time of this article was written serving five to 15 years in the California men's colony charged with the possession of narcotics with an intent to sell. And hopefully he never becomes a patron or we're all dead, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we would first have to give him a shout out on the regular podcast of which would be super awkward, but yeah, drugs yeah, are
2: nonviolent yeah. crimes that's fine yeah
0: if you that's what he's all charged I would ask is if he if he did become a patron he should uh sign sign off as California men's colony just uh, make it a patron, <laughs> make it a donation from them
1: yeah. Yeah. yes that would be good so investigators believe rats what has connections to organized crime and quote, may have been involved yeah that that they, they believe so Okay, quote may have been involved in prostitution, burglaries, truck hijackings, and thefts of bulldozers, boats, and farm machinery, you know, the Ozarks all right, so this is the last part here, guys, so now we're gonna tie all of this together like a nice, neat patriotic knot oh perfect um, okay, so that's perfect.
2: It goes along with this one of the school's you know core um core values, the patriotism, yes
1: exactly. <laughs> That's right. This is where the character shines And also
2: tying knots is probably part
1: of that patriotism. Oh, that's true,
0: because we talked about that, yeah, in that patriotic class.
1: It's all coming together. Everything's coming together, literally. Everything will come together in the end. So in the article, an officer said authorities believe that the heroin ring run by Rance may have been connected to the deaths of Dan Miller Deeds and Michael Frissinger. So the article says a law enforcement officer believes that Deeds was selling hard drugs for rants. Ooh, that
0: definitely is not. That's definitely not part of the honor code of the College of the Ozarks.
1: That is not. No, you might get a... Demotion for that, or expelled. All right, so the president of the School of the Ozarks, Dr. M. Graham Clark, maintained that the two boys simply drowned. He said maybe one was trying to rescue the other one. The private investigator hired by the Deeds family, as we mentioned earlier, said it was really strange how none of the students in the school were willing to talk. He said that they literally couldn't find one person to cooperate with them. Yet another example of students of hard work, you not working very hard. Come on, guys. <laughs> or
0: maybe they, they were just studying and that's why they wouldn't cooperate. They're like, I need that's all the time to study <laughs> and to, you know, be the best
1: janitor I can be. They're literally working way too hard. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think you're right. Too hard, actually. OK, so the mother of Dandead said that she suspected the killers hid the bodies in the lake, knowing the school would want to soft pedal the investigation for fear of adverse publicity. An investigator named Jim Smith said that... Is quote, Jerry
2: Falwell Jr. running this school? I know, <laughs> sounds right? Like, He's running sounds like something <laughs> he would do. Secretly.
1: The shadow government We have Jerry no Falwell.
2: scandals here, let me tell you.
1: So an investigator named Jim Smith said that, quote, it was no accident. It was murder. Ooh, he said done, there were done. reports that Deeds had made enemies of several narcotic users when he sold them altered drugs to people he didn't like. I mean there there is always an option of not selling drugs to people you don't like.
0: Yeah, that's that's, just one that, that's option. what I would go with. That's the option I would go with.
1: So what officer said in a An informant told him that Deeds was selling cocaine, hashish, white crosses, and other amphetamines for Rance, and that Rance was behind the two deaths. The officer also said that a lesser reliable informant told him that the two boys were, quote, killed by an injection into their bodies of a foreign substance, such as battery acid. Oh, my God. (sighs) But he's a... um, one of the least reliable informants, apparently. Okay. So, however, the Taney County Sheriff Chuck Keithley says that there is no evidence to connect Rance to the deaths of the two boys. So we're clear here. And so the mystery continues. So wow. nothing was tied together. 90s? You lied to yes. us.
0: And so... The mystery continues, but this episode does not. Oh, and this oh is the end of our third bonus episode on the College of the Ozarks. And ooh, we're ooh, real ooh. glad to have Brent break it all down for us. <laughs> the, the murder and the, the curfews and all these shenanigans, <laughs> terrible stuff. And with that, we want to thank all of our Patreons supporters. And we are done. Want to hear the rest of this episode? Just become a $5 a month patron at patreon.com slash dare call it ordinary. You'll get a shout out on the show and access to all our monthly bonus episodes. As always, you can find us on Twitter at NDCIO, Instagram at none dare call it ordinary, and email none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about the sources we use on each episode, as well as links to our YouTube channel and Discord server, just head on over to our website, NunDareCallItOrdinary.com. And if you could, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are served.